What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. Today, we got Olympics in full swing. We have crowned a new NBA champion. We have the NFL is getting ready with mini camps. MLB trade deadlines coming up. And we have some college football organizations and teams trying to move and shift and shuffle and all that good stuff. We got a lot to talk about today. Let's get into it. My name is Julian. I'm here at Burke. What's going on, buddy? Whoa, that was a lot. A lot. That was a lot. Who 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 said any of this? I'm not prepared. That's okay. No, nah, I'm just playing. We always prepared, baby. Let's get into it. I'm excited. We got a lot to talk about, like you like you said. Yeah, uh, we'll start off with the NBA Finals, just because that's the the thing that was furthest away. Uh, congratulations mm-hmm. to the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo has pretty much solidified his Hall of Fame resume at 26 already, which is wild. Uh, he he was absolutely fantastic. We we talked we talked about like all time great finals performances a couple of years ago when like Kawhi went crazy with the Raptors. Uh, this was mm-hmm. probably better. Yeah, man. The, this finals run in particular, but this playoff run by Giannis and the Bucks was pretty impressive too. They they overcame a lot of adversity. Yeah. But what Giannis did in the finals, man, like you said, he put a stamp on it. He solidified it. He went off. He proved everybody wrong. He put the team on his back. He didn't shy away from the pressure. He embraced it. He f- he looked comfortable in the moment, too. Yeah, he wanted like, to be there. It, it looks like there. this is something we're going to get accustomed to seeing. With LeBron on the way out and thing things like that. Like it's, Air quotes on the way out. Air quotes on it. Air quotes. Alleg- very likely. Alleg- yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. But, yeah, man, yeah, Giannis is here to stay, and it's really dope because Giannis is a freak. He's the Greek freak for a reason, bro. Like, the, he's otherworldly when it comes to his skill set. Even though we all we all clown on his bag, we all do that. We we enjoy it. We, he said, we have our he fun. said the ba- my new bag is my trophies. So we're like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> And PJ said his bag got a ring in it. So, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. But Giannis is just getting better and better, man. Yeah, really cool. And, you know, they went out. They made a big move. Got Drew Holiday. They thought he was the piece they needed. And here we are seven months are. later. And they're right. I mean, he was fantastic for them. Uh, you got to feel a little bad for Chris Paul. Uh, you, you can't yeah. imagine. Like, I think the Suns are going to be really good again next year. I don't imagine there's a way they get back to the finals, just kind of how the NBA works. And uh, th- there's going to be too many teams, hopefully, healthy next year. Yeah. Yeah, like, if you have a healthy Clippers and they probably try and add somebody because that's, like, their last year they're really trying to do something – uh, the Lakers are going to go and get some point guard, whether it's a good point guard or a bad point guard. They're going to go get a point guard. Yeah, whether it's Westbrook or Chris Paul. Or Kemba Walker. Or they go get a two. Or Kemba, yeah. Or they get a two and go get Beal. Somebody's coming to the Lakers. Yeah, and then Denver's going to be healthier uh, mm-hmm. whenever Jamal comes back towards the end of the season. So there's a lot of things going against the Suns, making a repeat trip to the finals. Yeah. Not that they can't do it because they are still a young team getting better. Devin Booker is going to get better. DeAndre Ayton hopefully doesn't crap the bed in the finals or in any other big situation again because he was horrible. Yeah, it was tough because he was having a great 
playoff run. Yeah, we mentioned Incredible. it. Incredible. We mentioned it when we were talking about the finals. If he was playing exactly how he did, getting his 16 boards, getting some of them on offense, shooting his 60%, they were going to be fine. And he just wasn't doing either of those things. And, you know, those last four games did not go their way for a reason. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it was a moment was too big type of thing or he was just getting outplayed, outcoached, outschemed, whatever it may have been. But you got to come back better if you get to that point again. And like we're saying, who who knows if they get to that point again. Yeah, Anytime soon. Exactly. It's, it's not a diss to them either. It's, it kind of feels no, like not they, at all. kind of feels like the heat a little bit last year, like, are you going to get that much out of Bridges next year? Is is the is the seeding going to work the way it is? Are you going to get a favorable matchup versus the Nuggets in the second round again? Things like that. Uh, you don't really know. Yeah, and especially with young players, like th- this doesn't always happen. But then you get to that point, and then they kind of feel like, okay, we we've got there, and now we will get there again. So they they'll maybe take the foot off the gas a little bit. And that's usually a byproduct of teams or players just not really producing to the level that they did the prior year because what for whatever reason, they, they just get comfortable. And then they don't put in the work that they need to get to that point because you got to put in the extra work because now everybody got the film on you. They, they know how you're coming. They got so the you film gotta, on you and you didn't win. So you have nothing to celebrate and a big target on your back. Exactly. And now you're in your head. Yeah. You're in your head the whole season. Yeah, but I it's mean, tough. I mean, you you mentioned it. The Bucks came back twice this playoffs from being down 0-2. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the not the biggest comeback in the world, but 0-2 is pretty much like the last place you want to be because if you're down 3-0, it doesn't happen. So yeah, being down 0-2 twice against Brooklyn, who who knows what could have been with them if if they were hitting shots and coached well and all that. Um, and then the Suns kind of just – I think it wasn't even a Suns thing. I think this was just the Bucks flipping a script. Chris Middleton went off. Uh, and then Giannis, like, his whole thing, all playoffs, they were chanting his name at the foul line. And in that game six, he missed one foul shot. Yeah, really impressive from the line from Giannis. It was honestly just playoffs. cold. It was crazy. Yeah, you saw as the playoffs went on, he was getting more and more comfortable at home. Like, he, he was still finicky on the road, and, I mean, it happens. Fair, yeah. But when he was at home, you couldn't tell that man nothing. You couldn't tell him nothing, bro. And it, it was impressive. Like we, He was getting better and better throughout the playoffs. It's crazy. Like, he just looked so comfortable in the moment. So, big, big shout-out to the whole Antetokounmpo family. All three brothers got a ring. Mm-hmm. You gotta love it. Thanks. And it's also really dope to see Middleton and Giannis be together for eight years, build this team up from the ground, and win a ring. Build this team up from the ground and from just guys that weren't even getting minutes when they first got in the league. This is not yeah. a Zion Williamson situation where these two guys came in and were just balling right off the bat. This is not nah. not the real not what happened. It took about three, four years for Giannis to even get like quality minutes. Uh, and then eventually, he wound up, I think it was in 2015 or 16, wound up leading the team at every single counting stat, which I think is the only yeah. the second guy ever to do that. People kind of forget about that. That was like Giannis's like breaking out party before the MVPs. Well, I mean, look at, 
just look at Giannis when he came into the league to what he looks like now, bro. It's a complete transformation. Yeah, he didn't I, even look like he, really an NBA player. I mean, like he, and that's he the was thing. Lengthy, he wasn't he was even tall. a basketball player. That's the best part. He just wasn't one. Yeah, he's only been playing basketball since, what is it, like 2008, I believe he started? Eight or nine, yeah. Yeah. So, crazy stuff, man. Really, really crazy stuff. Absolutely. And Big shout-out. So, yep, yeah, shout-out to the Bucks, NBA champions. And that's crazy. They deserved it. Yeah. It felt good this season. It felt really good this season. They won it on the 50th anniversary of the Bucks' last championship win. Beautiful. So that's really sick. Beautiful. It's crazy how things come full circle. They really do. Uh, we're going to stick with basketball, and we're going to move over to Tokyo, though. So right Whoa, at, first, first class trip? First class trip right to Tokyo. Right after the finals ended, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Devin Booker all got on the same jet. So two of mm. them flexing, the other one sobbing in the club mm. uh, on the way to Tokyo. How about the U.S. men's basketball team? Uh, didn't help the U.S. men's basketball team. Uh, game one, they lose to France. I think they play again today. But they lose to France in a pretty bad way. Uh, out of KD and Lillard, the two guys that are really leading this team, got 21 points. And if you just watch the game, these guys look so, so soft. And we've heard a lot over the years about how the NBA has gotten soft, this and that and the other thing. And there's never really been physical proof of that it's just like the way it seems and then you come to this olympics international refs international rules different ball they're they don't call fouls as much they're not calling like spacing fouls or like landing for threes and all that and these guys don't know how to score nah just as simple as that. Yeah, nah. They don't know how to score. <laughs> like it's it's bad. And then there's it's bad. It, there's man. also something to be said that not only are they not being able to score, but these guys that they're playing against know that they're not as talented. So they're coming in with genuine game plans and schemes, and they're playing so hard. Nobody has ever they're seen, coming in hungry. Nobody has ever seen Evan Fournier play as hard as he did on on what was that Saturday. Saturday or Sunday, nobody's ever I think seen. It was Sunday. Nobody's ever seen him play that hard. And then yeah, Dame came out with a statement after. It's like these guys play very different than they do in the NBA. <laughs> All time quote. All time quote. Them brand new baby. Shout out to shout out to these. I, I wouldn't say lesser known players because I mean they're they're still stars in their own right for for their own teams, but. When when it comes to Olympic time, you you tend to just write off these other countries because you you got USA basketball. You you know what what comes with the name. You you know what how we coming. So you automatically you just write off everybody else. Like eh, well, whatever we we gonna be all right. But then comes twenty twenty one and we coming out like you said looking soft, like we don't even want to be there. And these other countries, like you said, they know that. They're hungry, and they're trying to prove something, especially with these other NBA guys across the world. They they want to take down the big dogs. And unless we step up, it might happen. Yeah, it really it it might really happen because they're not playing as a collective group. And the, this has been thrown out from other people. Like, they're good individually, but as a team, they ain't there. 
and that's what we're seeing. Yeah, and that that is what we're seeing. Um, the women, I'm not as worried about. Let's just throw that out there. I think they're actually going to destroy them, destroy everybody, because the women actually play as a team, and they actually like want to be there. So look out for the women's basketball team, because they're actually going to put a whooping on everybody. That'll kind of be and fun. There is another men's basketball player that we got to keep an eye out for another Ooh, country. Wait, 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 wait. Is he a young guy? Is he um? Was he involved in a trade when he got drafted? He was, and oh. there, there's talks of whenever he gets rowdy, he be cursing people out in <laughs> Slovenian. Right, he gets so upset. It's a, it's really funny. He <laughs> he that, should be going at it. You know what's the best part too? We just had this conversation about being soft and with the refs and all that. And there was a big thing this year where people were saying, "Luca, like, please stop begging for." fouls and screaming at refs to get fouls and all that and he was like oh man i'm sorry guys like i'll fix this like i'll get better (laughs) and here we are in the same league ref officiated thing as kevin durant the quote-unquote best second best player in the world whatever you want to call him i don't care Mm -hmm. luca comes out and scores 48 and his olympic debut against argentina who's Arguably better than France. Ridiculous. 48 points. And this is Luca's realm. This is what he came up in. Yeah. This is International what... play, baby. Yep. That FIBA rules. And I, I don't know if you saw Luca's uh, press conference after the Mavs got knocked out. But they were asking him, like, what would be more important to you? Winning a NBA championship? Or winning gold for Slovenia. He said winning gold. So Luka wants it. Again. These guys are coming in hungry. These guys are coming in hungry. And Luka, Luka's another young guy that just continues to impress. And we talk about Giannis being 26. How old is Luka? 22? Yeah. Yes. Insane. Just there, nothing, nothing short of it. Just insane, phenomenal, incredible. Whatever words you want to come up with, Luka Doncic, staple for basketball. Yeah, and and the uh, Argentinian coach even said like a couple years ago, I said he's the best player in the world. Now I really think it. Uh, he had thirty one at the half, ended with forty eight. He's um, if if you're gonna watch like any particular person. For the rest of the Olympics, turn on him, turn on Simone Biles, enjoy your day. What Simone Biles is doing is incredible too, man. Yeah, I mean, she going into these competitions wearing a goat leotard. Yeah, and they, they had to like change the rules because they were scared that the competition skill gap was just far from none between Simone and the rest of the field. So they had to, like, penalize her just to kind of sh- close the gap They've to make people not not cry and wallow in their self, self-misery. self And here they are. For not being good. Still doing it. Still doing it. And it's crazy because she's, she's another young one that's just out here dominating her field. Yeah. Well, and then if we're going to talk about young ones dominating their field, did you see the 13-year-olds win 
the skateboarding competition. Ridiculous. I didn't even know you could be that young in the Olympics. I thought you had to be a minimum age. I think 13 actually might be that minimum age. I thought the minimum would maybe like 16. You would think, right? You would think. Because you're like technically like a professional at this point if you're in the Olympics. Yeah, but 13, man. Crazy. And it's really cool, too, because it's with a brand new event. Like, we didn't have skateboarding in the past. And it's crazy to think. Like, I've never in my mind thought, like, skateboarding was, like, an international thing. I knew, like, people in the U.S. did it. I figured Mm -hmm. people in, like, New Zealand, Australia did it. Just because they have that, like, surfing, wakeboarding culture over there, too. And skating kind of goes hand-in-hand with that. And then, like, Brazil, I knew people skated. So, like, South America. But I never, like, think of it as, like, an international sport. I agree. But. I definitely agree. But it goes to show, like, how connected the world is, in a sense. Where, like, it feels like everything is just so far off that you're in another world if you go to another country or anything like that. But there's similarities, especially when it comes to sports. Like, we we all enjoy the same things. Other countries might not be as good as it than others, but they all dabble in it. And to see a new sport be introduced to the Olympics and then the, these people come out of the woodworks and dominate, especially that young, yeah. it's it's so dope to see, bro. Yeah, and so the the, the meddling wound up being 13-year-old. Uh, I don't want to say their names and mess them up, but I'll do my best. Uh, N- Nishia from Japan. Got the gold, and then we got um, another a Brazilian thirteen. R- Raci- R- Man, I'm not gonna bother. Another thirteen year old <laughs> getting throw, throw silver. In the towel. Yeah, throw in the towel. <laughs> and then a sixteen year old also from Japan getting bronze. So that kind of has to feel a little bad if you're that sixteen year old that a girl three years younger than you from your own country beat you. <laughs> that has to feel a little little tough. I wonder what the oldest age, aged person was. I wonder too, because you have to imagine at least some like older professionals were in this, right? You would think so. I'm seeing if I could look it up. Granted, this was like the women's one, so I don't really know how that would play into it. But you're seeing a lot of superstars in the making because if you're at 13 winning a gold medal you have a long long future and probably like four more olympics ahead of you at least because in four more olympics you'll be 25 you got plenty of plenty of gas in the tank (laughs) and uh you know we'll we'll mention that uh any other events that really stood out to you or you thought were really cool watching um not that they really stood out, but, uh, I mean, the, I've been seeing just, like, a red zone type thing of everything coming up on the TV. Because it's hard to watch all these events, bro. They From morning till night, we yeah, just got stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the whole day. But, like, it's been cool seeing, like, fencing and judo and table tennis. We were, ta- we were talking about it when we were watching it. The, uh, the shooting is crazy yeah because they had they had like some heavy artillery and like their stances were just odd their shoulders like 
away from their target and then they're like lean back to try and be like as flat as possible with the gun yeah like if you're looking at your target and you got your shoulders squared on it just turn your body 90 degrees to the right head still looking that way so you're just straight up just twisted then you hold like your lead hand as a fist instead of like holding it with a grip and it's just weird. Take take some time after you finish listening to this on whatever platform, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, whatever it is. Take some time after. Enjoy while we're here. Listen to the sweet whispers of Julian in Brooklyn. The sweet, sweet. But make sure you go check that out because it's ridiculous. It's really, really wild. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. And then we saw another one. It was like a bunch of guys and they had like pistols. And they looked like revolver deagles. Like, they looked like something from, like, Overwatch. <laughs> and, and the guys uh, that they had looked like just, they just random like, dudes. They looked like some dudes they picked up at the gun shop in their country. Like, hey, you want to participate? And they're like, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> like, they just had some regular t- graphic t-shirts. One guy had his hand in his pocket with some cargo shorts. Like, it, it was just wild, bro. I, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. <laughs> it was insane. But, like, water polo was sick. I have I ended up watching a little bit of handball. And this is the first time I really watched any handball. And that was wild, too. Yeah, handball. And uh, I know I was watching handball and I was watching some water polo. Mm-hmm. Just sports that are so popular in other places that they're really similar to what we watch. I mean, handball just... Soccer. Soccer, basketball, hockey-esque yeah, mixture. Yeah. I mean, in, in the sense, same thing as water polo, too. Water polo is built different, though. Them dudes, oh, absolutely. Them, them dudes are treading. I don't know what that's about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they got going on over there. But it's cool stuff. And then we also got some 3v3 basketball. Which, that's, yeah, been, that's been really cool. fun because it's so fast-paced. Yeah. It's, like, actually really, really fun to watch that 3v3. If you like basketball, throw on the 3v3. Either the men's or the women. They're both really good. Yeah, because... And if you're just a casual basketball watcher... Well, I wouldn't say fan, but just a connoisseur. It's just half court, 3v3. And like you said, it's fast-paced. You you don't got running up and down. You don't got really running sets or nothing. It's just quick. And it's dope. And if you want to watch any, like, professional-esque type in America, Ice Cube got the big three that goes on during the weekends. The season's going on right now, so if you're interested in any 3v3 basketball, there, there's your lane. Now, Check it out. There, there is a place for you. There is a place for you. But, yeah, Olympics been really fun. We got a medal count for you at the time of recording. It is 1230 on Monday morning so there's gonna be more medals coming out after so if you're hearing this after you think i'm wrong no you're wrong i'm right you're wrong (laughs) uh japan is leading in golds they have eight golds and they are third in total medals with 13 uh the united states second with golds with seven and then the republic of china with six china is leading with all total medals with 18 and then the u.s with 14 in second place so we got a nice little a little race a little three-team race over there yeah it's funny how it's just flip-flopped 
you, you got the gold going one, two, three, and then flip it over. For the actual, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for the actual totals. Uh, which do you care more about, the golds or the totals? I've always cared more about totals. Totals is something to hang your hat on. Like, as a collective, this is what we did. But it's also something to be noted if you're going to have the most gold medals that you dominated most of the competitions. That's fair. I, I also think, like, it would be pretty cool if you had, like, eight total medals and all were golds. That's kind of sick. <laughs> yeah. We, we might not be the best at everything, but what we are the best in? We the best. The best. We the best. That would that, be pretty cool. That could never be the U.S. because we just want to be in every in every lane as, as much as possible, which is fair. There's a lot of people and there's a lot of, a lot of athletic talent. I think the, the Olympics is just crazy too, because like, I think the U S is probably the most centralized, like independent country in terms of like having its own sports leagues. Right. So like Mm -hmm. we have the NFL, NBA, NHL, and like those are the best sports leagues in the world for their respected sports. Mm Mm-hmm. So we have so many people grow up here wanting to do that, whereas, like, in China, for example, people were like, damn, I kind of want to play some handball. And I don't think that ever crosses, like, U.S. people's minds unless they play it. They're like, whoa, this is sick. Yeah, and it's interesting, like, if you're born in the U.S., what what flips that switch and how do you see one of these sports? And it's like, huh, I kind of like that. I think it's got to be watching the Olympics, right? Possibly, yeah. But then it's like, how do I play this at a competitive enough level to get to the point where I could go to the Olympics in this country? Yeah, it, it's crazy because it's not like track and field or like golf where you can just kind of do it on your own. If you're going to play handball, you need to play with a team. Yeah. Like, how do you get scouted in handball in the United States? And like, if you're from Montana or something, like, they, they're not out there playing handball. Pack, They're not pack, out there playing water polo. Pack it up. <laughs> if you're in Montana <laughs> trying to play handball, pack it up. <laughs> like, I'll have to tell you. You can't, that can't happen. You're not living your dream that, out in Montana. That, that can't happen. That can't happen. I don't even know no, if you're yeah. going like a full like 6v6 basketball with a guy on a bench out there, bro. Like You got to really work hard for that. <laughs> the basketball doesn't make it on the airwaves over there. Montana? They're not watching the Nuggets? <laughs> They're not... Huh? Nope. Nope. It's, it's all pay-per-view. <laughs> pay-per-view. It's... What in the world? Okay. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> yeah. It, They're not They're not getting that content for free. No, but I think that's, like, especially what's so, like, mesmerizing about the Olympics, like, watching it from an American standpoint. It's just these sports are so in our view off the wall just because we have our own primary sports leagues that we focus on and zone in on Mm -hmm. that when we get archery and when we get fencing and taekwondo and olympic sailing we're just like uh, huh so the this brings up a question that i uh told you about earlier in the week that um i want to talk about you mentioned sports that seem off the wall and i mean years ago this definitely would have seemed off the wall like if you brought this up to somebody it's like nah there's no way this could even be considered a sport on a global level 
or maybe even considered an Olympic sport one day. And in light of us having some new Olympic sports, it got me thinking, esports, video games, could we see, and how long do you think it would be until we see the introduction of esports into the Olympics? Yeah, and I think this could be really, really interesting because for esports in particular, they get teams, right? And a lot of them are like European or American, but they're not mm-hmm. from those areas. Besides like the American teams, usually there's like a big mix of like guys from different countries and stuff like that. So we'll use like Rocket League, for example, teams of three. Mm-hmm. It'll be really cool yeah. to have Olympic Rocket League. And have to, like, work within your country. Now you're getting the best three guys. And if you're good enough, maybe have two different teams representing that country. Uh, I think the biggest issue with having esports in the Olympics would be what game? Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Because, like, Rocket League makes sense. Rocket League would be a good one. 2K, like, maybe. 2K kind of makes sense because there's already, like, an established league for it. With funding behind it. But, like, let's say, like, a shooter, like COD, PUBG, Fortnite, any of those type of things, you can't really imagine that would be put in here. No, I can't imagine any, like, team-based shooters would be put in, and not because, like, it's shooting, because we literally have shooting in the Olympics, but just because... But the- it it's shooting of a target. It's yeah. different when it's shooting uh, of that, the killing of other players. That, that's fair. Uh, I don't think they would do that, especially just on a global scale. Um, League yeah. of Legends could be a good one. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, the intricacies of, like, competitive Minecraft, but I know they have tournaments and stuff like that, and it still mm-hmm. is, like, the biggest game in the world uh, outside of League of Legends. I do think League of Legends is probably the best because that is, like, a solidified league as well, and they have, like, yeah. their seasons and all that. And if it was a shooter, it would have to be some sort of, like, Overwatch-type beat. Overwatch would be great. I wouldn't be mad at Overwatch. Um, Valorant could be cool. Uh, Mm -hmm. Or just CSGO in general, because it's not super gory. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Again, I just can't see any shooter of you going up against a real person having to kill them. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. Um, I would love for, like, Fortnite to be in. It, the issue with that is... And there's the issue with a lot of video games. There's too much oh, RNG. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to give somebody a gold medal and something if it's just fully random. Like, it feels kind of bad. Yeah, that, that's why Rocket League would be a good one. Yeah, and that's why League of Legends would be a good one. Like, there's not really RNG. Yeah. It's just strictly, like, skill. Yeah. Or Overwatch would be a good one. Like, if you freak it, that that's on you. Yeah, um, I think and if, if you they watch could us play Rocket out, League, that, that yeah. we we do a lot of freaking. Yes, a lot of freaking, <laughs> a lot of whiffing. Um, Go check out White Food Joe on Twitch. Yeah, we play Rocket League there. It's a good time. Did that yesterday actually. It was fun. We did. I think an- to answer your question finally, I think it could be in the Olympics as soon as next year. I do think the only reason it wouldn't is because figuring out which game and like how to go through the channels to make that be the olympics sport yeah i think because the second it's in the olympics that's going to be a really big step for esports because it's already a solidified clearly attainable way to make a living like there's Mm -hmm. plenty of people who make livings off esports whether it's just through twitch or through competing whatever it might be Mm mm-hmm 
I think once it gets on a stage like the Olympics for all those parents who say you can't do that, that's not a real thing, are like kind of forced to accept it, it'll grow so much bigger. I can agree with that. I think we're probably about eight years. Two Olympics? So two, two Olympics from now. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's like a fair assessment just because Because that, that gives enough time for a game to be manufactured in a way that it could be put into the Olympics give time for other countries to obtain whatever type of necessities they need to have their own leagues and run them and train whatever it may be so i think eight years would probably be the window for us to see any type of introduction of esports into the olympics yeah and you know again it'll be a really big introduction It'll be cool. I think we're going to see that already with, like, skateboarding. We, we touched on that for a couple minutes earlier, but kids everywhere are going to want to skateboard now because they want to be that 13-year-old girl who just won gold. Yeah, because how are you going to tell them they can't do it? Because they can. You could. Yeah, it's, we've <laughs> you seen could. it. It's possible. It's it's crazy, but it's possible. Like, you, you absolutely could. If you're an 8-year-old, 9-year-old kid, go pick up the skateboard. Go do it. See you wherever the next Olympics are. <laughs> yeah, so that that'll be really cool. Yeah, and so Olympics, we got plenty more time with that. At least another week and a half. So just you know, catch up on all the sports. We'll talk more about it next week. Hopefully, there's like some nonsense that happens, and I think we'll have like all the basketball stuff kind of cleared up and all that. Um. One last thing before we get out of here. We mentioned it at the top of the hour. Texas Longhorns and Oklahoma Sooners are leaving the Big 12. Their home and native conference. They are leaving. They are not renewing their contract officially as of this morning. So 2025 will be the last year that we have the Red River rivalry in the Big 12. And they are going to be scooting and booting on over to the sec crazy it's so weird it is weird and it's gonna bring a little more diversity of the top powerhouses in the sec so that that should be interesting yeah it's gonna Um, fully shift everything and i don't know the the way i'm looking at it is i don't think this is actually gonna wind up being a good thing for oklahoma and texas no, because like they they'll be considered at the top of it with like Georgia and stuff like that. You like you you still got to put Florida and Bama up there, but it, it's going to be interesting because are they going to be able to match up with like I just said, Florida and Bama? Will, well, will and now and handle it? well, and now recruiting gets that much harder because yeah, 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 you get the Sayer in the SEC for recruiting. But do you think there's guys that are 17 years old coming out of college that want to go play for Oklahoma so that they can play Ole Miss, Auburn, Alabama, Florida, Texas in consecutive weeks? Unless you're a boomer sooner or a longhorn, born and raised, I I don't know. Like, bro, imagine going to Vanderbilt for for football. And then you literally have to play Alabama, Oklahoma, Texas, Auburn, Florida, Georgia in like seven weeks. Yeah. 
you're you're literally not going to get out of there healthy. <laughs> you're not wrong. And whether that's a good or a bad thing, like the bad teams in the SEC are going to get way worse. Like the bad teams in the SEC are going to become borderline D two schools because nobody's going to want to do that. No, not at all. Like, why would you just go to a Pac twelve bad school? Like, why would I go to Vanderbilt when I can go to Oklahoma or not Oklahoma, uh, Oregon State, and at least maybe compete? And not saying they're not going to compete or anything like that, but when there's so many top heavy teams. It, it's hard to wrap your head around. It, it really is. Because a lot of it, it's hard to make sense of it. Well, and then, too, like, say Oklahoma, who typically wins the Big 12. Sometimes they don't. But they're usually right there, right? Mm-hmm. Say they come into the SEC, and now they go 6-4 and, and four in their first season. Second season, they go 6-4 and four again. Are they just done being Oklahoma? Because it doesn't take a lot for a, a college football team to no longer get recruits. It just does not take a lot. No, not at all. It takes a losing season and a culture change and somebody not being happy. And all of a sudden, now you're FSU, who almost won two in a row with Jameis, to have being absolutely miserable the last like half decade. All facts right there. So it doesn't take a lot. And, and I... Like, mate, the... SEC name will help a little bit, but again, like when when you got these other teams already there established, well, what the pedigree? If at the flip of a coin, what, what are you gonna do? Yeah, and I think a good way to look at it too, uh, Missouri and Arkansas, I believe, got brought into the SEC not too long ago. I think it was I think it was Arkansas. Uh, they haven't really found any success being in there as of yet. The only team that's found success is Missouri in like baseball, and and obviously those are those are lanes that they do need to look at as well. Like it's not just the football thing. Um, I imagine I haven't looked too much into like the articles about it. I imagine it's for every sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you got to look at stuff like that too. I mean, uh, SEC is probably getting better in basketball because te- Oklahoma and Texas are big time schools, so that's a good thing. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably where they're looking more at it is every other sport. Uh, they get way better at basketball. They get way better at like a sport like soccer, where Texas is usually pretty good. Uh, softball, they just go up and above and beyond now because Texas and Oklahoma are two of the best organizations Absolutely. ever. So, Absolutely. I mean, this is definitely a beyond football thing. And beyond football, I think this is really, really good for the SEC. In football, I'm not convinced. I think it's good for the SEC. I don't know how good it is for Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that's the main thing. Because you go from being the powerhouses in your conference to now being middle of the pack, or like top unquote. of the middle, yeah, yeah. So it's it's weird because it's like you you have a home where you are, and then it's like, huh, this is too easy. I, I like what they're doing over there. They they got competition every week. Let, let's go, let's go over there and get smacked by the competition. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. Like, I don't really know. It's going to have to happen for us to really see how this is going to play out. But and we got years before they even can think about it. Well, like, the real issue now is if these two just juggernaut organizations, because that's what they are. This is, like, these are two of the top ten programs 
in all of college sports, right? When you think of college sports, you're probably going to list these two as the teams you think of off the top of your head. You're not wrong. What happens to other ones? Do, does Ohio State wind up moving one day? Does, like, what well, what happens? Is Clemson already, move out of the uh, ACC? Is FSU going to move somewhere? Like, what? Well, just staying in the Big 12, I heard TCU wants to go to the Pac-12. And that's been a thing for a long time, to be fair. Like, TCU yeah. probably should have gone to the Pac-12 before they went to the Big 12. That's But not... now, that that's three teams right there. Yeah, three good teams, too. So, like, what is Iowa State and what's Virginia going to be the powerhouses? Baylor? Iowa State State, and Baylor, probably, yeah. So, I mean, it's weird, man. Yeah, it's it's definitely weird. weird. But then even those teams, like, you can't imagine TCU leaves by themselves, (laughs) you know? Yeah, the the Big 12 forms to the the Big 6. Well, no, and then what (laughs) ends up happening is the SEC is probably going to, like, push out some some teams or like if uh if tcu did join the pac-12 they would probably like lose colorado or some weird shifting and now you just have full reconferencing which is just really interesting because some teams are really good just because they know their opponents so well if you put nc state in the pac-12 they'd probably be terrible every year yeah not because nc state's bad well, because NC State's so good at, like, learning their opponents and the reason that they upset so many teams that they do in every sport every year is because they just know tendencies of coaches and know tendencies of schools. That's just something you learn exactly. after being in the same conference for 25, 30 years. Exactly. Like, these are the kids that you're just playing pickup ball every day at the park. Like, you know them. You, you know what you're going to get week to week, season to season. Yeah. That when the familiarity of it disappears, it's just a crapshoot at that point. Yeah, and as you can tell, we really don't know how we feel about this. (laughs) I I just don't. It's interesting. It just just doesn't. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say it doesn't make sense. I don't want to say it does. I just don't know. And the cool thing is we have four years to figure out if it makes sense. We didn't need to have this ready by today. We decided to talk about it because it was official today. Yeah. And I think that's all that we have. Do you have anything else for I did mention NFL teams going to minicamp. Yep. Just wanted to mention that. Uh, you have a bunch of weird stuff going to Packers land with Rodgers, a bunch of random dudes saying they're not going to be playing anymore because of the new COVID rules. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. NFL is the weirdest place in the world, man. It's a super team sport. You're around the most amount of people in sports. Um, and these guys are being very strange. <laughs> this is the right way to put it. Very strange. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I guess the one notable training camp news would be Deshaun Watson has shown up to camp. Yeah, I guess he's going to play. He is obviously still wanting to trade, and the organization has said that they are willing to trade him. Which is not what they were originally saying. So No. So we will see what happens with that because Deshaun Watson going to another team would bearing no allegations come down on him and he's an innocent man changes the landscape of the NFL. Top five quarterback in the league. So that's a big thing to keep an eye out. And we still don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. Like things seem like they're just going to stay the way they are. 
but at the same time, he still hasn't reported to camp. I don't think he's going to. I don't, I, I, I don't think he's I going to either. I genuinely don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to show up. And I don't know if you've seen all of it, but now um, I don't know why his name is. Devontae uh, Adams? Devontae Adams, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And and Sindarius Smith, they're both saying they, they want to leave too. There's a chance they don't show up or stop showing yeah, up. Yeah, there, there's a lot of trouble in cheese land. It's, it's pretty wild. Trouble in cheese land. That would have been a great episode title if we talked more about this. <laughs> it's crazy. And then you got Devontae and Aaron posting on their IG stories a picture, the same exact picture of Scotty and MJ. <laughs> and it's just like, well, what do we have going on here, bro? Like, and if, if we want to get a little bit more cryptic, full pivot, but, like, every single player on the Dodgers unfollowed Trevor Bauer on every social media. Yeah. And, and they, there's and they been have reports of them claiming that they want him as far away from the team as possible. They don't want him back. They just want to wipe the slate clean of Trevor Bauer on the Dodgers. Which is crazy. And crazy, then, bro. And then full pivot to another team. Uh, Jeff McNeil has apparently unfollowed everybody on the Mets. Yeah. And it, it's that time of year. It's trades for the MLB. All the NFL is the weirdest place in the world because you have like eight months of off season and then nothing happens until like mini camp. And then people are like, I want out. And it's like, why didn't we do this like four months ago? <laughs> it's weird because football is not a sport that you could just pick up and leave and be successful. But that's what they want to do all the time. It's so strange. Like baseball, you could do it with ease pretty much. Cause it's it's just you. Yeah, there's, when there's it comes no real yeah, yeah. There's no real like trickle. Basketball, down. you could you could make your way. You just need a good enough amount of games to get your footing with the team, get a little bit of chemistry, and just off the strength of your talent alone with the talent of your peers, you can make it work being on a new team. Football, you can't do that. No, like <laughs> you can't. You got a whole playbook to learn. You need. If you're a wide receiver, you gotta know how your quarterback throws, vice versa. Oh, you gotta know how your other wide receivers goes. So you can kind of exactly. like it's it's a whole thing, bro. Running back, you gotta know how your blockers are. Oh, and then like you get, and defense, then if you're a you wide gotta, receiver, you gotta learn like tendencies of your DB ones for the other teams, and mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It, yeah. So like, oh, I want out a couple weeks out before the season, and I think I'm gonna be this all star on or pro bowler on this new team automatically it's it's not gonna happen like i mean yeah you might ball it might take till about like week four six something like that Well, if you look at the bucks it took them till week nine to figure it out yeah exactly so it's gonna be interesting weird football is getting really close yeah strange so a lot of question marks yeah and if football is getting close it means college football is getting close. So we got to we're we're about to be in that season. We're probably about a month out. I'm hype. Yeah. I'm hype. I'm hype, I'm hype for this MLB trade deadline. Hype for obviously playoff full swings, September baseball coming in. All that. We're looking really We got the NBA now. draft coming up. Not too exciting unless you're a lottery team. So good luck to all you guys. Shout out to Cade Cunningham and the Pistons. Yep. So it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. We, we got a lot to be excited for. Absolutely. Sports are back, baby. 
Been, we've been saying this. We've been saying Sports this. are back. Uh, you got anything yeah. else for me today? Nah. You guys know the drill. At underscore the spectators. IG, TikTok, Twitter. I already plugged the Spotify and the Apple podcast. That's about it. Show us some love. We love you guys. Appreciate all the love. Yeah, and we'll, yeah, we, we'll be back next we are under 10 weeks away from our 100th episode, Julian. Did you notice? He brought up the government. He's serious. 100th episode coming out relatively soon. Relatively soon. Pretty baby. crazy. It's nuts. So appreciate every one of you for rocking with us. We love it. We love bringing you guys great content. We hope it's great. You tell us. You tell us. Yeah, that, that's all I got, man. Yeah, guys. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you next Monday. We'll have some more Olympic stuff for you. Till then, take it easy. See ya.